It's Dara Parker, the Public Engagement Officer for Western Canada, sitting in our Vancouver office, and I have the pleasure of having a recently returned volunteer here with us today. His name is Shimpei Chiara. I just got the nod, I pronounced that correctly. And he's just come back from a year and a half in Hanoi, Vietnam. Welcome. Thank you. So, Shimpei, can you tell us about your placement a little bit? What were you doing and what was the objective of the organization? Okay, so um, I was sent to the Vietnam uh, to do the organizational development uh, work. So my title, the job title uh, was Organizational Development Advisor. And my primary sort of objectives were to uh, help the local NGO, which uh, is working for HIV AIDS prevention uh, projects, uh, the organization called VCOMC. Uh, VCOMC stands for Vietnamese Community Mobilization Center for HIV AIDS Control, which is a long name. But anyway, um, I, my, my objectives were to assist VCOMC to develop five-year strategic plan and uh, to develop financial uh, plan that's more sort of organization-focused sort of development project. So that's what I did for first year. And uh, after a year, um, I had done the most of the objectives I was supposed to do. So then, in two years, yeah. So you had you finished all your two-year objectives in one year. One You're year, fabulous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would say so. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But actually, you know, because I had five days a week for forty hours a week job, so focusing that and amount of hours just for these two goals is not that difficult, I personally think. And a lot of volunteers, I guess, share the same experience. They have done job very quickly, and, right. and then later they have to find something else to do. Okay, yeah. so what else did you find to do? So, what I started doing, or I found, um, well, some things I found to do, mm -hmm. the rest of the remaining my placement period, is um, I, um, after working in the HIV prevention field in Vietnam, I quickly realized that uh, one segment of the populations uh, is under-recognized, which is transgender population. So um, we have uh, worked on sort of uh, getting uh, fundings to uh, create a new project for transgender population. So luckily, uh, we got uh, initial very small amount of grant, but we we used this grant to organize a focus group uh, needs assessment uh, project uh, for transgender population. So basically, we try to assess what their struggles and uh, what their sort of situation, what kind of services uh, transgender population in Hanoi is uh, seeking. So based on the findings, then we applied for another funding, and we got a little bit bigger funding this time. So, so we decided to organize a self-help group for transgender uh, women in Hanoi. In this case, transgender women in this case is uh, um, male to female. So you know those people who are born with uh, male physical characteristics, but they do consider themselves as women. So. Um, so we call transgender women. Sometimes mm -hmm. very confusing, kind yeah. of term. But anyway, so we um, we started this self-help group project for transgender uh, women. So we basically organized a weekly discussion group and then social sort of activity um, uh, 
uh, social activities, and uh, then we also organized a big event. It's called the Transgender Fashion Show. A fashion show. Yes, because those transgender group members love to um, do performance. Mm -hmm. They like to sing. They like to dance. They like to do fashion show, basically. So, so we supported them to organize this event, and uh, the group leader of this transgender uh, self-help group decided to rent. Uh, 500, no, 200 seat theater, and I was quite, well, we were all quite concerned about whether we could fill the seats, um, because 200 is quite a big number. Indeed. To, yeah. To Even to fill that in Vancouver would be a challenge. Exactly. I think this is going to be the first Vietnamese transgender event, so we are quite concerned whether we could make it or not, but um, our group leader, um, she was very confident on, on herself, so... So anyway, um, we in the end, uh, in the event, we had more than 200 people participated. Wow. So that was quite good turn up. And uh, the show was good. There's something maybe have to practice more, but that's okay, <laughs> because it's the first time. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, other people gave us quite a good feedback. So that was a really, really good uh, event in the end. That sounds great. Yes. And um, so based on those sort of the the activity achievements we made, we also now, uh, recently we got the new grant, which is 20,000 US. So this project will be continued for next one year. So we are very happy that um, the sort of self-sustained now the project. That's amazing, congratulations. Yeah. So you got $20,000 US to continue the project for yes. the following year. Yeah. Will you be going back for fashion show number two? I would like to, and yeah. see. It should be performed better by the time I go next time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, I'm very excited about it. Good. Yeah. Now, more generally speaking, I imagine this is a difficult area to work in. You were mentioning in our earlier conversation offline that sexuality is one of the most taboo subjects in mm -hmm. Vietnam, and yet you're working in HIV-AIDS prevention, yeah. and then you're working with transgender people where there's often an intersection with sexuality. Mm -hmm. So what was the perception among the communities you were, well, the society you were working in, and, and how did you negotiate that? Well, I think the biggest challenge um, working uh, within the Vietnamese society in terms of HIV AIDS prevention is people usually don't want to talk about sex and sexuality. So engaging the communication or conversation about it is the first challenge because people try to avoid um, talking anything about sex. So even, for example, organizing the event and inviting them to the event is difficult because we have to engage into the conversation and sometimes people are not comfortable talking about sex and sexuality. Uh, and because of that, it's very difficult for local, uh, for example, gay men or transgender uh, women or men to come out or to, mm. to discuss about their, or to address their issues or to even be visible in the community in a positive way because everyone either avoid talking about them or, or you know, they see them very strange way, so they don't want to engage with them at all. So, mm -hmm. uh, and the family members are usually very upset because they want their kids to be normal mm -hmm. and to have to get married with you know opposite sex and have babies and sort of their social. They want their kids to follow the social norms, but yeah. of course some of the you know sexual minority uh, people they may not be able to do it. So that's the family conflict 
emerges and because in Vietnam family is very important, plays a very important role, they are the core social network and support. So it's very st stressful for for um, our clients or you know the transgender women or men or, or gay men to fight with parents or family members because they don't they can't lose their support but at the same time they want to be who they are. So there are always difficult time to negotiate um, yeah, to negotiate what they want to be versus what they have to follow or to to meet the needs of the parents. So a lot of sort of gay men anyway um, that we that I worked with in organization, they eventually ended up getting married with women and having kids mm -hmm. and try to sort of uh, meet the parents' expectation. Right. Yeah, which is a bit sad because you know, as far as I know, most of the men are not very happy with the no, situation. And of course, for the women, their wives as well are not happy. They're not happy. So, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Well, I think that challenge that you've just painted underscores how successful it was to be able to hold a 200-person attended fashion show with transgendered yes. people. I mean, wow, mm -hmm. kudos yeah. to you. I think it was a good start anyway. So, For sure. Yeah, I was very happy. So one more story. I hear that you were unintentionally a matchmaker while you were in Hanoi. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Um, I think that this one could be the, the greatest achievement I made in Vietnam. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, um, so first year when I uh, when I was in Hanoi, uh, my classmate from Canada uh, visited me because he needed some sort of break from his uh, work and life in Canada. So he stayed with me uh, for a month, but uh, a week later uh, he got in Hanoi. He got bored mm. um, doing nothing. So I introduced him to my organization because I thought he can maybe help us to do something and particularly mm -hmm. maybe he can teach some of our staff members English because our staff members really wanted to learn English. Right. So, so he started doing that and the week after, uh, my young co-worker Van, uh, Miss Van and I, and Ivan is my friend, mm -hmm. um, decided to go out to watch a movie but by then I was tired of babysitting Ivan, so yeah. <laughs> you know Ivan and Van, you can go to watch movie together, and I just stay home and rest. Yeah. So they they went, and Ivan came home. He was very excited because um, he told me Van held his hand while they're watching movie. <gasps> and the next day they went for KFC shopping mall date, and they again Ivan came home very excited. He told me, oh now we kissed. <gasps> So I was very shocked because, well, are you sure <laughs> that was exactly happening? So anyway, they had a good time the rest of um, the time where, uh, while Ivan stayed with me. So then Ivan went back to Canada and I was wondering how their relationship uh, was going to be. But um, they kept in touch all the time and uh, last month they just got married. Yay! Yes. Yeah, so now they're going to have a wedding ceremony for next April. Wow! So I was invited, so I'm going to go and make speech for them. And uh, you're responsible for it all. Exactly. So the van, my co-worker, she's very close to me. She's not blaming me. Oh, you you're giving me lots of trouble now. <laughs> no, it can be okay. Um, so I'm excited because maybe eventually she probably is going to move to Canada. Mm -hmm. So then I can meet her again. So I'm very excited. That's pretty yeah. neat. And I'm happy for my, my friend Ivan as well. Of course. He's a lucky man. So, yeah.
That's great. That's a fun story. Well, we're so happy to have you back here in Canada, I and I you. hope the adjustment goes well. And thanks for sharing your story with yeah, us today. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting me today. <laughs>